Beast podcast, the podcast that can't tell when it's high noon because we have a funky clock that nobody taught us how to read. I'm Greg. I'm Emily. I'm Jordan. The moon came out at high noon. I'm Ken. <laughs> and this well, week, all we need to get is McCree. I was gonna say, if you're McCree, then then and it's high noon somewhere in the world. <laughs> <laughs> this week we are reviewing season two, episode. Two, coming of the Fusors, Part One. That's Draw. a very long amount of words that I just said. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Interesting episode. Uh, got a lot of different sort of things going on in this episode, but kind of all over the place. Yeah, a little bit. But, but we'll get into that more. But yeah. So did did we have anything on IMDb for this um, episode? So the Kendall? first piece of trivia is I liked this episode, so screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I never said it was bad, Ken. No, no. <laughs> I was looking forward to this episode. I, I bet I know what was Kendall's favorite part. I just okay. meant it was a busy episode. A lot happened, and a lot of it, it, it switched perspectives a lot. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's bad. It's just, I'm just saying it's busy. Hmm. Okay, it. so um, the first piece of trivia is wrong. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh since this is the only episode that Optimus Primal doesn't appear in, he was not in last episode. True he was kind he was of, as kind a of in, in, the, in the dream, in Rhinox's dream. But oh, okay, yeah, he, okay, he, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't physically a presence in, in yeah, the other one. So. Yeah, technically, also, unless you count his head flying through space after the explosion. I, and I guess he was in the flashback sequence, but uh, this episode, <laughs> as well as the second part, are clear homages to the spaghetti western movies. The final confrontation yeah. between the Maximals and Predacon is accompanied by a very Western-sounding music track, and you can even see tumbleweed rolling across the area. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's the thing. Uh, <laughs> there is evidence that another Maximal protoform has landed on Earth besides Quickstrike and Silverbolt of this Maximal. Only its stasis pod and scattered remains are seen, though it is left unclear whether the hand we saw at the end of the last episode belonged to the robot or the others. I thought it was pretty clear that it belonged to the others. Because wasn't it the two that were next to each other, and then it's like, I'll function, blah, 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 and then the hand stuck out? I don't know. It's hard to say. I thought, I don't know. I got the sense of it, but also I didn't get the sense that there was a third one. Um... Blank protoform was referred to as a Rakshan in the original ship script, a reference to Raksha, a controversial female Transformer fan who loathed the cartoon. The term didn't make it into the, fi- the finished episode, probably due to its offensive nature. Wait a minute. It was a fan that hated the show? Isn't that kind of contradictory terms? Uh, a Transformers maybe, maybe. fan. She was probably a truck monkey. Uh, yeah. Truck hot monkey sort of person. Gotcha. Yeah, about that. We'll get to that later. Mm. I have I have an anecdote from my real life as to Transformers. It's kind of like that. We'll see. Okay. I'm interested to hear it. Foreshadowing. Scott McNeil (laughs) auditioned for both Silverbolt and Quickstrike during Season 2 and was certain he would be cast as Quickstrike, but was surprised and said 
who was cast as Silverbolt, whom he said was the most difficult character for him to portray in part because, ironically, he was asked to use his regular speaking voice for the role. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. It is so weird for him to use his own voice when acting. That's great. Yeah. So he just used his own voice but turned the ham up to, like, 11. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I assume he, I mean, I met him in real life, and he wasn't talking like that when I met him. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to meet Scott McNeil. It was cool. It was really, it was really casual too, because like, yeah, I was at. A, I think I've said this story before, but I was at a convention, and I was hanging out with like uh, Team Four Star. I'm not sure if I said that on the show, and uh, he just like showed up and started talking to us. I'm like, oh hey, and like, and, like he knew them a bit, mm-hmm. and it was super cash. And I was like, oh, oh man, yeah, that's Scott right. Cause, yeah, because he voiced Piccolo and. The original yeah. Ocean Group dub of Dragon Ball Z. So he he got turned on to Team Four Star quite early on. It was cool. I got to like shake his hand and say hi and yeah, it's fun. And he's big into WoW, or at least he was. <laughs> you never fully leave WoW. No, that's what, true. From what, from what I've heard and seen, I got a lot of people who are like, yeah, I played WoW this year, and then they just like I'm start still- back up whenever there's an expansion. I'm still waiting for when I have uh, uh, money for a subscription so I can go back to... I have, like, a level 100 character boost and stuff that I'm waiting to do use when I do have that. And the time. I haven't like, played like, it since Cataclysm. So. I never I quit played cold it. turkey. Pandas. Uh, I, I had know, to play again like, when Pandas came. I feel like a They're lot... Just, at, at this point, I feel like a lot of people used to play WoW and haven't played in a while. But, I don't know, like... Yeah. They were like, like, because I know my friend Nick. He used to play WoW. He's like, man, I remember back when I had lots of time. I'm like, you have a, you were. I mean, he works a full time job, but like, he doesn't have children or anything. Like, it's not like he has, <laughs> I mean, I know what it's like. I know, I know how much time I have on my hands, and he he's, can't be that much busier than me. But he's like, oh yeah, but I used to be able to just like spend eight hours a day fishing. Yep. Like in the game, not like at a pond. No, we, we yeah, we we figured. <laughs> I was specifying I for people once. who were like me. Maybe not eight hours, but I did actually spend a lot. I actually remember spending time punching tigers too, but barehanded <laughs> because back then you didn't, you did, they didn't simplify like skill levels and stuff like that. Yeah. So you had to like up skills, and I was one of those people who wanted to be completionist. So while I had like, uh, like the the bars for like an axe or whatever maxed out, I still didn't have an an arm. So I was going around yeah. punching things. I remember that. Oh, I got the turtle mount from fishing. I love that turtle mount. That sounds pretty guy. great. Turtles are great. So, <laughs> well, you, you, it was a giant. It was a big turtle, and you would sit on the top of its shell, and it would. You could run around, and it would jump and stuff. And it was fast, I presume, even though it's a turtle. Yeah, it was somewhat speedy. So, did they have? Did they have a turtle flying mount that was like Gamera? No, fortunately not. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> it's like spinning. But I love my turtle because I'd like run around a city and there would be other people who'd get their turtle now. So we'd have like turtle races and it was pretty cool. <laughs> anyway. The most fun I ever had with WoW was when my friend let me play his character for a little bit and I just flew around and I'm like, this is kind of fun. <laughs> this is a pretty world. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, enough WoW reminiscing. Otherwise it's going to like pull me back in and it'll get its claws back into me. <laughs> All right. I don't have enough time for that. My wife would kill me. <laughs> so more IMDb things then? Uh, that's all no. Right. That's all we had. Oh, that's all. Okay, I'll hold on because we do have some um, uh, TF Wiki stuff. 
So I was going to say it would be kind of sad if we didn't have DF Wiki stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so the continuity notes make basically say that it's now finally been confirmed by this episode specifically that they are indeed on prehistoric Earth. Yes. Uh, but it also mentions that uh, in this episode and the next, that Earth is still recovering from the effects of the Planet Buster. There's uh, overcasts and storms going on that kind of just last. So, you know, that in a way, I guess that's kind of why he used to watch the sea when it, high noon was, because, you know, the weather was really messed up. Yeah, true enough. Uh, it's mentioned that, as Ronick explains about the blank protoform, the Cybertronox label on the Stasis pod reads either as Dud or Dodd depending on how forgiving you want to be for flip letters. Oh. Yeah. Um, Silverbolt's line, I think my name is Silverbolt, and, you know, his introduction actually mirrors the first line of the original Silverbolt from G1. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and as he prepares to leave face, Cheater's Maximal logo lights up and fills the screen to act as a scene-wiping transition. Kind yeah, of like I'm... how they used to do in the Generation 1s. I love that. I loved it. Uh... Also mentions that Dinobot makes another Hamlet reference as he's contemplating the Golden Disc. <laughs> I love that Hamlet reference. Yeah, how do you know how close? Because I mean, I don't know anything about Shakespeare, but like his whole monologue there seemed very Shakespearean. Was that was was that did that parallel that speech beyond just the to be or not to be? Um, I'm really not sure actually, because um, like the whole quote is here on on the wiki, so I mean we could check word for word. But the thing is, is that way it looks like is that he didn't just quote if, if there is more than like uh if it is word for word it's definitely not um the full hamlet uh, s- uh speech like yeah. but it might but there might be other things like how he mentions you know being the mas- master of my fate and stuff like that there might other be other references or other uh things in it but i would have like i said i would have to check mm-hmm. i got the original shakespeare quote on uh, wikipedia right now and uh i mean i'm just reading it really quickly, it doesn't sound like it's word for word or anything, but it kind of has like similar themes. Where, like, um, do you think Do you think what he was speaking was actually I- iambic pentameter? Well, like, one of the lines is like, whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and no, arrows no, I of meant, I meant, fortune. I meant Dynamot. Like, that whole thing. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I just I just <laughs> didn't like, yeah. I mean, I just, I just kind of like, moved on. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, whether it is noble in mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles, it's kind of like the general general gist of what he's talking about. Is like like to do to act or not to act is more what Dinobot's talking about. It kind of yeah. sounds like it's generally just, yeah. um, it's not like word for word though, as far as I can tell. And the trivia mentions um, asking ask what happened to the majority of Stasis pods that Tigertron areas were trying to find. We don't get a clear answer in this show beyond the implication that most of them were destroyed. Years later, however, IDW, you know, the, the folks who have gotten the license to Transformers and that, uh, released the Gathering series, which would follow up on that, this narrative thread. So, uh, so um, it's, the Dinobot monologue is not in iambic pentameter. I, like, okay. read it in my head. It's not. Okay. But just well, for, um, you know, just for, just for uh, uh, um, posterity, you know, let's... I'm just gonna uh, read the Hamlet quote just so just so that we the can, full uh, one Hamlet the full quote? one real fast. It's really it's long. long. It's not that long. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, plus it's Shakespeare. It'll be fun for me to read it dramatically if that's all right with you guys. Okay, let me just get sure. the one thing ready, and then and then you can go ahead. 
Okay. Greg, put music behind this. It's really dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you are you ready, Jordan? Yes. Okay. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles, and by opposing end them, to die, to sleep no more, and by a sleep we say we end the heartache and the thousand natural so- shocks that flesh is heir to. Tis a, con- a consummation devoutly to be wise, to die, to sleep, to sleep, perchance to dream, aye, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death what dreams may come, when we have shuffled off this mortal coil, must give us pause, That's there's the respect that makes calamity of life so long. For who would bear the whips and scorns of time, the oppressor's wrong, the, pr- the proud man's contumely, I don't know what that word means, the pangs of despised love, the, uh, the law's delay, the insolence of office and spurns, that patient merit of the unworthy takes, when he himself might quietest make. With a bare bodkin, who would fartles bear to grunt and sweat under a weary life, but that the dread of something after death, the undiscovered country for who's born, no traveler returns, puzzles the will, and makes us rather bear those ills we have, that fly to others that we know not of. Thus conscience does not make cowards of us all, and thus the native hue of resolution is sickled o'er with the pale cast of thought, and the enterprise of great pitch and moment. With this regard, their currents turn awry, and and lose the name of action. Soft you now. The fair Ophelia, nymph, in thy orisons, be all my sins remembered. So, yeah, it has nothing to do with what Dinobot was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) This is Ben uh, Kendall's Shakespeare Corner. Um, I, I promise I won't take us off the rails anymore this episode. I, I, I appreciate <laughs> you guys letting me do that. Okay. Um, do you want me to point out some of the interesting things from the Japanese? Like, how they sure. mentioned... Yeah, I like so, sure. let me see if I can get the um, title right. Shin Senshi Tojo uh, Gichu Chon Chon Desu, which means Enter the New Warriors, Zippity Snip Sir. Snippity uh, snip? Yeah, I, I Remember, will explain. It's a comedy. <laughs> the, second oh, half, the second half of the Japanese title combines the verbal takes given to the Japanese versions of Quick Strike and Silver Bolt, which in this case, uh, as, and like as they did with many other ones, they are rather different in the dub to ratchet up the comedy. Uh, Silver Bolt now speaks with extreme politeness, ending each sign, sentence with desu and, term, and terminally happy all the time. He also shouts English language phrases. Quick Strike now has the verbal tick of gichon gichon snip snip after every sentence, while his otherwise volatile nature is left un- intact. More alarming is the fact that his cobra tail speaks in high pitched hissing voice, <laughs> punctuating sentences with its own verbal tick, ko and bra. <laughs> so it sounds uh, like Silverbolt's basically the same hey, character. He's, he, he's super polite and speak and says things in English. That's basically the same character, right? <laughs> he is polite. I wouldn't say extremely polite. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, he, does, he like, also does dude. say things in English. I mean, that's, I think, the bigger part. <laughs> um, I don't know if we mentioned this before about Navico, how the navigation computer was, like, made in, like, a, another character and kind of, like, tends to interject and does stuff 
the 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 dark side com- like navigation computer. Yeah. But anyways, it says apparently Navico was was the one controlling the auto gun during that scene with Dinobot, and mm-hmm. as she fires, she makes threats like Maximal <laughs> go away while while scanning, and has a lengthy conversation with herself about what food she wants to prepare Meg- Mega-chan for dinner. God. <laughs> um, so it's inferring that this is sort of like Megatron's wife? I, apparently, the computer just really liked uh, Megatron. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it also mentions that instead of It using- also likes hentai, as I recall. <laughs> That was just a mix-up. It was just going to end up. I don't know. I think it was a Freudian <laughs> slip. I think yeah. she's interested in Megatron in a different way. Uh, it also mentions that the call phrase terrorize was changed, uh, has been changed, so instead the Predacons used the more generic henshin, which means transform, yeah. and as such, civil Volt's visible disgust at saying henshin doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> mm. And then, uh, when posing for the Kodak moment with Quickstripe and Silverbolt, Megatron actually tells them all to look at the camera and smile. <laughs> and then, and then finally, in a prime example of missing the point, the compi- compi- characters proceed to yammer through the Western um, homage at the episodes and making bland statements, let's go, or okay, or chanting verbal tics. Uh, that sounds annoying. So, <laughs> so they kind of did not realize what they were going for there. No, apparently not. I think they were going for something completely different, is what it was. Well, you know, the thing is, <laughs> they were going um, for it was it's a Western, and Japan is in the East, so it's kind of the opposite. Yeah, but I'm sh- they've seen The Magnificent Seven, which was based off The Seven Samurai. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, The Magnificent Seven is an interesting one to mention. Um, yeah. I mean, Samurai's stories and cowboy stories have a lot of interchangeabilities. I mean, it's not like it's not like there's a history of like Japanese anime using Western motifs. <laughs> no, of course not. Trigun is the thing that exists <laughs> specifically. Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Cowboy Bebop was not about. Yeah, I mean, they, that's just a, that was just a weird translation thing. They call, call it Cowboy Bebop. The Space Cowboys. It's different. That same line, we could say <laughs> any of the sports. One could argue that the, that the Beast Wars is space cowboys as well. <laughs> if they're any kind of cowboys. They don't go into space that often. But they're from space. <laughs> so as much as like, we are, yeah. They're like, you know what they are? They're not, they're not, um, they're not space cowboys, they're space farmers. Mm. Mm. But the farmer and the cowboy can be friends. Woman likes to hold a Anyway, we've got an episode. Is that all for trivia? Yes, that is all for trivia. Then I'll, okay. I'll like to give my personal anecdote that of my my life. Right. That was happened yesterday, actually. Uh, I was getting a cab home from uh, from my, my my weekly D and D game, and um, I live in a very small town, so like we, I I can know every single cab driver essentially, and we we were chatting about um. New Netflix Voltron show, and he mentioned that the old Voltron show had um, Peter Cullen's voice doing the narration. Yes, like which was which is pretty cool. And he was, was that Edward. I, I didn't hear him. I didn't hear him at first. So I asked him to clarify. He's like Peter Cullen. You know who that is? I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, that's Optimus Prime. Like, I, I love Transformers. So mm-hmm. he's like, oh yeah, like I, I, I got like several DVD box sets of like every series. Like, and we started talking about how much like he loves Transformers. And I'm like, yeah, like, um, like. 
did you ever see Beast Wars? And he's like, yeah, that show fucked up the continuity. And I'm like, uh. what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I like it. And he's like, yeah, like, he, he, I mean, I don't know how accurate it is, but I mean, if he's really into it, I should probably, he's probably right. But he says that, like, apparently Starscream, like, came back to life in season in, like, one of the later seasons of Transformers, so him being a ghost yeah. in this doesn't make any sense. He said he went from time to space. I mean, how... It doesn't... Met, like, when he was first blown out, I could... Well, to be fair, they're on prehistoric Earth before the uh, Autobots were, like... Yeah, true, true. So, so, I, I mean, mean, like... Yeah, yeah, true. I, and, 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 like, uh, another thing is... Which I thought was a weird complaint, because he's, like... He, he mentioned the spark thing being wrong. And I'm like, well, I mean, it kind of, like, introduced Sparks, right? It was a thing. It, and he's like, no, Megatron's mentioned before they have laser cores. And then they're not, like, those, like, weird sparky things. And I'm like, okay, but, like, I mean, I think they're pretty... Like, I was being civil. I was like, I think they're pretty cool, the whole Spark thing. But, yeah, I think, like... Like, I, I don't think Beast Wars cementing Sparks as part of the lore is a bad thing. I think it's, Especially like... Especially since a it's, really like, carried thing. on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's saying it like, ruined it forever. It ruined it ruined his. In fact, <laughs> it, it retroactively ruined the 1986 Transformers movie. I mean, that's that's what he's saying. It's, but I mean, he's saying what he's saying core. is what he's saying is that Transformers George Lucas ruined his childhood. <laughs> when he described the laser core thing, it sounds like Megatron mentioned it like once. Yeah, and it's like okay, so them expanding on a, a concept and changing the name is a bad thing that ruins continuity. I mean, oh, you I, know, I it's like Star Trek. Sorry. It's like Star Trek. I mean, in like the second episode of Star Trek, they go to warp 13. And and uh, then like later on in the series, they establish that uh, that warp can only go to 9.9. .9 because if you go to warp 10, you are simultaneously at every place in the universe. Yes. So, I mean, you know, it's a, yeah, you know, people, that's the point. You're supposed to be nitpicky. Oh, and the other thing that he though, was yeah. mad about was, uh, I guess in Beast Machines, it reveals that they're like, there is organic parts of Cybertron. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Cybertron's supposed to be all metal. It's all technology. And so, like, them introducing it being, like, dirt and plants being, like, native to Cybertron is, like, is, like, blasphemous. Ever. I, and I mean, like, uh, I I guess, I don't know. I mean, if, if it makes a good story, do it, I say. But, well, like, well, I guess. I mean, well, it could be argued with Beast, Beast Machines that it yeah, wasn't Machines, a good story. Yeah, true. Beast Machines has kind of been kind of disregarded most of the time. They don't really focus on it more than they focus on what Beast Wars did. But I was going to say, like, I mean, if a planet's been around for a couple of thousands of centuries, no matter how much mechanical it is, it's going to get space dust on it. Yeah, and there's probably and something could possibly grow in that. So I mean, unless there's constantly like uh, <laughs> transformers going around like no organic crush, crush, crush. But yeah, it's just sorry. Uh, continue. I was just saying I don't think I don't think you can possibly say that it is it never has something organic on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I also I mean you could argue like oh there's cleaner bots that clean it all up, but but yeah like. Um, and it's just kind of funny, like how negative he was as soon as I mentioned Beast Wars, uh -huh. and he kind of like lukewarmed on it, like a little bit when I, when I expressed that I liked it, which might have been just him trying to be polite, right, right. Mm -hmm. But like, because he was not, he wasn't being like an asshole. It's just like I was just, I thought it was kind of funny how like he, he seemed to be a truck not monkey kind of guy. Although I didn't specifically say that the beast form thing was the problem. It sounded like he he was upset that it continued G one and wasn't like completely 
like uh, faithful to G one. Which I mean, like from what I've seen, it seems like it's pretty faithful, and it just everything it changed it like made better. And al- so, also, exactly. I mean, how I gather that as a 1980s children's cartoon, uh, G one wasn't super lore heavy. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> like they probably <laughs> it's all. I mean it's just like Star Trek you know somebody mentions one thing once and then the fans extrapolate it so that it applies to everything ever pretty yeah. much yeah he pretty much was talking about how he was a G1 fan but he, was, he seemed like he liked the other show we mentioned Transformers Prime he said he liked it and um, he mentioned that he like has ridiculous amounts of toys so he's obviously a hardcore Transformers person I just thought it was kind of funny and how his initial negative reaction. I was gonna when we talked, talk, I'm like, oh, I'll tell him about our, my podcast. And then when you mentioned how much you didn't like Beast Wars, I was like, I'm not gonna mention the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was I, like, I've got a. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a little Transformers related story too, because since we were just since we finished up the first season and all, uh, the box set that I have has a little making of like and yep. kind of neat stuff and there was like a couple of neat little stuff about the interviewer like how when beast wars was being made they were working with hasbro and the takara people so yes there was not so not only like were they trying to get the models and stuff toy accurate but apparently they were kind of a back and forth like how uh how they designed the toys and stuff like that so it wasn't just they made the toys and then they copied it but they kind of like at the beginning, kind of, like, had a two-way street where, like, they suggested things and stuff like that, That's like, between cool. Hasbro and there. And and also, the other fun part that I thought absolutely hilarious was that one of the executives said that they they did blow their whole budget on the character models, which is why a lot of the very first episodes have those bland screensaver backgrounds. Yeah, Because totally. they had no money to do, to do anything with those things. <laughs> that was, um... That was another thing. He was like, he's like, he's like, they must have not done their research in G one enough. And I, I remember like you guys talking about how they were like very involved in the community and everything. <laughs> and you didn't yeah. know they were a Canadian company either. I'm like, well, I'm like, one thing that's kind of cool about it is that you know it's a Canadian show. He was like, oh, well, that, that's cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they definitely did do their research. They, 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 they interacted with fans to make sure they, they did well. So yeah. I think it's pretty cool. They did their best, and I think they did a good job. I think so. <laughs> anyway. Take that, cab driver. <laughs> I was going to say, well, you know, which cab you're never getting into again. <laughs> I don't really have an option, but yeah. yeah. True. Anyway, we've got an episode to review. We haven't even touched on the episode yet. Um, so, yeah. the, the episode. Like this is a dense episode or anything. Oh, yeah. So this episode uh, pretty much opens up pretty similarly to the way the last one ended. Uh, we're sort of like in a... I don't even know how to describe this. It's not a swamp. Ravage plane of ruination. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's, the storms that's, just get a number here. Yeah. It's like really funky looking trees and rock pillars. And we see a scorpion crawling along one of the trees and you know, there's some wreckage here from the stasis pad, stasis pads, stasis pods. Um, and we, we then get, uh, we then cut to the Predacon base, the dark side, and we have Megatron and Inferno immediately flying out. Uh, and Megatron's like, we must hurry Inferno. Yes. Uh, because 
apparently two of these stasis pods in the Delta. I'm going to make a Star Trek reference in the Delta Quadrant. Which one uh, is the Delta Quadrant? I kept meaning to look that up and I forgot. That was the that was Voyager. Oh, they okay. get stuck in the Delta Quadrant. I, I, is the show making a reference to the Voyager? Because I mean, they mentioned Delta Quadrant in the show. So. Well, I, this show was before Voyager, if I recall oh, correctly. Okay. So the Voyager was referencing Beast Wars. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I think quad. There's Alpha, Beta, Delta, and Gamma quadrants. Like that's a way of dividing things. But yeah, no. yeah. If it had been now, if it had been the, the Gamma cro- the Gamma quadrant, you know, the, for uh, D- Deep Space Nine. Then I'd have been like, okay, yeah, that's cool, but nah, Voyager, meh. <laughs> Voyager's just yeah. uh, just what you get when you have next generation writers uh, that are tired of writing Star Trek. Ooh. I don't know. I've only seen like five episodes of Voyager. I'm actually just reiterating other people's opinions on that. Don't uh, uh, don't send me hate mail. <laughs> I'm working on it right now. I liked I liked Janeway up. when she showed up in uh, uh, Nemesis for two seconds. Yeah, that was kind of a cool callback. Um. But yeah, Voyager wasn't universally loved like some of the other series, that's for sure. Especially when, you know, they decided to throw some cough TNA in um into the later seasons. Is the one with seven of nine? Yes. Yes it is. Gotcha. Yeah. That was the TNA that they put in. Like we're gonna make a sexy Borg lady. I don't know what's wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a bunch of people don't have a problem with it, but, you know, you're kind of going, you know, you're trying to appeal to the lo- sort of the lowest common denominator rather than, you know, going on the basis that it's Star Trek. Yeah, because, like you know, Star Trek didn't have, like, a, a character, a, a, a female uh, Starfleet uniform that required a shirt, a short skirt. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and they didn't, you know, they didn't use, like, you know, the... Uh, Vaseline on the lenses or anything to sex to make women sexy. You know, it's not like you have like a a, a, a main character who had a new girlfriend at every episode or anything. <laughs> to be fair, she was like she's she's t- she's wearing tight clothes, but she's pretty covered. Yeah, there is the heels not. are a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, this was the nineties, okay? This it's not oh, like hey. it's not like you know this was like this was you know this I know. We're, I know we're living in Sodom and Gomorrah now, but I mean, back then people had standards. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm speechless. <So>. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about Beast Wars. Um, so yeah, we've, we've got Megatron and Inferno flying off towards the Delta Quadrant. Um, we get Waspinator in a seeming moment of clarity. As he looks up and realizes that there's one moon now. And he immediately flies back into the ship as if he's realized something. Um, we then he's realized he needs to, to change he, the lyrics to the theme takes, song. <laughs> he also takes like his uh, his little like wasp hand and kind of goes like, hmm, on the like, yes. you know, a chin, like yeah. rubbing mo- uh, motion. Yep. In, in ponderance, you know, having one of those aha moments. Um, we we then cut to sort of like the uh, the outskirts of the Predacon base, and we've got Dinobot who's sort of looking on, and he observes the moon, but is then noticed by one of the the sentry guns for their base, and it immediately fires on him. He hides behind a rock and happens to look over, and we have a bubbling 
we're bubbling, bubbling. <laughs> God, I can't talk tonight. <laughs> it's one of those uh, days. It is. Um, but a bubbling pool of mud. Uh, he he transforms, and we we then get the the camera's perspective from the gun as it's looking around. It zooms in on a frog and determines that it's not in fact a maximal. And then sort of it pans <laughs> around, and we get a giant mud blob in the middle of the screen that is obviously Dinobot, but the gun is not smart enough to realize this. What he's doing is he's doing Predator. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and I, I thought that was so awesome that yeah. they're referencing Predator here. This. But yeah. So so the camera will it'll pan, and you'll see you'll see this giant mud figure in the middle of the screen and then it pans away and the figure gets closer and it pans away again and then is literally right in front of the camera and then we get Dinobot who looks up and the camera starts to freak out saying ah alert alert and then Dinobot takes out the gun Dinobot uh, he's the he's the weeping angel of Transformers <laughs> <laughs> so from here we, we cut back inside and we've got uh, Waspinator who who is now at the the two golden discs, and both of them are, are sort of in a force field now. Uh, he he puts his hand on the force field and immediately gets zapped backwards a few feet. And he's laying on his back, and just as he happens to look up, we have a, a drop of mud that hits his shoulder, and he looks up and sees Dinobot still, you know, dirty and brownish and covered in mud, and he's looking down at Waspinator. <laughs> And he's like, oh, great, Waspinator. Or no, he's like, worthless bug. And, and Waspinator's sort of surprised that he's there. And Dinobot looks at the disc, and Waspinator's sort of like, oh, you saw one, saw the moon. He's he's like, and Waspinator's like, yes, one moon now, planet changed, and that means, Dinobot says, Earth, yes. He almost he almost sounded like Megatron with that yes I found, but he he goes on to say that it means that Megatron was right and that the discs give record of the future and Waspinator's like ultimate power. He's like, but Megatron has guarded Lizardbot and Waspinator team up get discs to together, and then we get Dinobot who's like. Yes, an excellent idea. <laughs> Waspinator's sort of surprised. He's like, Lizardbot thinks so? He's so cute. Like, like Waspinator is just been so adorable the last few episodes. Yeah. He's like, Lizardbot thinks so? <laughs> he's like, he's finally, like, someone wants to help me. Yeah. And then we get Dinobot who says, yes, how about you go first? And then immediately throws Waspinator into the force field, which sort of latches onto his body and starts carrying him towards a giant magnet as it's shaking him. Yeah, like, <laughs> this death trap is so elaborate. It's so ridiculously yeah. elaborate that it's like, what the fuck was Megatron yeah. thinking when he designed that? Yeah. <laughs> Dinobot's just sort of standing there in awe for a moment as this is happening. <laughs> um, there's a big claw that comes down from the ceiling. And it gets we, the parts of him that didn't yeah, that didn't get uh, sucked up magnet. by the magnet. And it sticks him into a hole in the floor, which turns out to be like sort of like one of these junkyard compressors. And it dumps all the factor. Yeah. It, it it dumps all the parts in and then immediately turns Waspinator into a cube of junk. 
And then, and then it, it swats it away. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like a basketball or something. Yeah. And it skids along the floor and it bumps into Tarantulus's entering body as Black Arachnia sort of slides it along the floor. And we get uh, Tarantulus because, of course, Black Arachnia is still sort of possessed, you could say, I guess, by Tarantulus. And so her eyes glow green anytime he talks and he told, tells her to be careful. Um, she is like, oh, like, would you get, leave me alone and let me worry about all this? Um, and then she's like, huh, what? And realizes the Dinobot's there, who, and he has also grabbed the disc while Waspinator was getting zapped by the security system. He, uh, shoots at Black Arachnia and winds up shooting some holes in the walls and in a console and then escapes through another hole. Uh, Tarantulas tries to convince her to go after him, and she's like, "I'm not risking my body to to go after him when I'm here and want to get you out of my body." So, so yeah, they have a little back and forth, and then sort of, you know, Tarantulas is resigned to fine; she's not going to go after him, <laughs> and she starts kicking Tarantulas's body, like sliding it along the ground, and we cut to Waspinator, who somehow has an arm that is sticking out of this cube and is slowly dragging <laughs> himself along the floor. And he's sort of like, Waspinator just lie here and suffer. Don't mind Waspinator drag himself to the CR. <laughs> Poor Waspinator, as always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from here, we, we then cut to uh, the Maximals. They are at a uh, stasis pod. Uh, just as well, not so much just outside, but it's sort of in viewing distance of their ship. And Rat Trap uh, makes comment to to Rhinox that thankfully they were able to see that one, and that uh, you know it's good that the, this one landed so close to the ship as opposed to the other ones that are in the Predacon sort of territory. Um, Cheetor sort of backs that up. He's like, "Yeah, but two more dropped in Pred territory, and who knows where the others landed." And then we get uh, Tigatron and Air Razor, who apparently have decided that they're going to go out looking for the rest of them. After you, my lady, he says. Yeah, Tigatron is very noble, and uh, has her. They both transform and head off. Um, Tipsis Fedora. Okay, so this just just because this scene, I didn't, I wasn't paying attention both times that I watched it, and I also wasn't paying attention just now. So they're going off to. To uh, the reason that they are off the playing field for this, uh, they're looking for the other stasis pods besides the one that's close by and the two that are in yeah. maximal territory. They're looking for the other ones. Okay. Yeah, they're going to see if they can try and track down any others that might have crashed. Yeah. So, so yeah, they Air Razor says to to keep the fuel rods warm and that they'll be in touch, and then we get Rhinox, who's sort of almost channeling a bit of spiritualness. He's like, journey well, friends. You are part of this planet. Let its heart guide your own. And then Cheetor radios to Tigertron and says, big, be careful, big cat. And Tigertron comes back with, always, little cat. <laughs> and Rat Trap is, you know, sort of not having any of it. He's like, God, you both going soft in the circuits or what? And then he knocks on the pie. He's like, come on, why are we letting this guy snooze? Let's crack the egg and say hello. To which Rhinox points out that it's a blank. 
which infers that it's a protoform without a spark. So I don't know why they would have protoforms without sparks. Uh, Maybe a lost its spark in the yeah. That's, oh, that's, that's the that's sense possible. that I got. Although, although if that's the case, then when he says hopefully the the Predacons aren't having more luck with with theirs, he's hoping that his friends died, which mm. is kind of dark. Well, hmm, they're not his friends yet. They haven't been born yet, which is still kind of it's still pretty dark. But yeah, <laughs> well, I mean his friend. I mean the other Maximals died. His his yeah, potential yeah, is yeah. you know. These other life forms. Well, He's you know what they say: better dead than pred. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was thinking it. I just hadn't said it. But yeah. <laughs> so Rattrap uh, sort of disappointed that they've just got this blank. He's like, "Oh man, if that don't cut the cheese, it's like, what good's that do to us?" And Max is like, "None at the moment. We can only hope that Megatron is having no better luck." And so. Um, from here, we then cut to the two stasis pods, and they're reporting critical scanner damage and replication errors. Data tracks not recoverable. And so we get the, the two of them, uh, these two pods. Uh, one, or they both have been scanning, and we get one that opens up, and we've got Quick Strike who comes out as we, well, as we'll come to learn his name soon. Uh, he's sort of skittering around everywhere, and we then get uh, Silverbolt's pod. Silverbolt's pod. God, I can't talk tonight. Um, Silverbolt's pod opens up, and we sort of see his wing first, and then Quick Strike is is looking at him. He's like, "Well, looky what we got here." He's like, "Who are you?" And then Silverbolt's like, "For that matter, who am I?" And then they're sort of face to face at this point. Quick Strike's like, I don't know, pal, but I'll tell you one thing I do know. That is, I bet I can thrash your tail. Fucking. Uh, like, a little bloodthirsty. Yeah, and, and this, this, this is shots of it. You, like, don't see all of the characters in any of the shots. Yeah. So you see, like, a wolf head, and he's, and he's like, what am I? It goes, and he's like, he's like, examining his, like, talents. So he's like, what the fuck? Like, I'm a wolf, but I got talons? Like, okay. He's very Griffin-esque. Yeah, so so this this little bit, this little, um, and where we're going from here is, you know, that, that they're gonna, that Megatron's gonna, uh, uh, like, try to convince them that they're both Predacons. And this seems, this, this little story bit seems to not make any sense at all. Since you've got, first of all, they come out of their, they come out of their things... And it's like, there's no way that, that Quick Strike is going to be a good guy. <laughs> like, he is very clearly, I am a bad guy. I want to fight things. And For then, no other reason than with, to fight them. Right, See, right. He right, wants to be much. the best that no one ever was. <laughs> and, and, then, and then Silverbolt is, 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 you know, very, very clearly, uh, you know, the bad guy, which, which, or, is the, or the bad guy, is, is very clearly, like, a good, like, it would make sense, I think, if Megatron showed up and, like, kind of tricked Silverbolt into being a, a Predacon for a little while, you know, because of, you know, manipulation or whatever, but mm. Quick Strike, it doesn't seem, like, you would, I mean, it's weird to me that he came out the way that he did, I mean, I'm able to suspend my disbelief with them, you know, with it, the fact that it's bugs and reptiles or predacons like that, I understand. Like 
that's sort of the piece that I'm I'm willing to accept for the for in order to for the premise of the show to work. But yeah. the fact that he is just like when he as soon as he comes out, he's just pure evil. Is it bothers me a little bit. Well, I would, to be well, fair, I'd say Quicksack's chaotic neutral. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we kind of find out later that not all the pods that they had on the uh, ship might have been straight up uh, maximal protoforms. That's true. So, I mean, I they, they don't really make it, Yeah, they kind of don't make like. Well, there's one particular thing that kind of throws that into doubt, uh, yeah. but. I guess it's it's also possible that like during the crash landing because they do say the data tracks are are gone, so it probably means that they just don't remember much of their like history or background, so that it defaults to just whatever their major personality traits are. And there have been some really jerky like Autobots before, so it could be said that you know there are jerky Maximals. Oh yeah, it's so I mean, so it just. So the fact that he's just what you're considering is acting straight off the bat a bad guy just means that there are either Maximals out there that do act like bad guys. Or maybe, you know, maybe the Maximals are actually the bad guys this whole time. You're right. I agree with you, Jordan. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say it, which fits into what you've been saying. Or it it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was. uh, The problem is that this episode is actually otherwise really good. And so so that, that. error um so i forgot about my crazy fan theories and instead <laughs> and instead actually noticed that little plot inconsistency that i didn't like so but no i do i do think you make a good point though that just like right off the bat you kind of kind of tell oh this this guy is a good guy and this one's a bad guy kind of thing and it's it's kind of it's kind of silly but at the same time at least you know they kind of do uh they kind of do kind of tease out their personalities to kind of back up why their forms look look like that mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i mean i guess and i guess I, they were glitched and stuff because that's why it worked with inferno is that he was it made sense for inferno to be a, a predacon because he uh was he was all glitchy and weird and he and black arachnia was full-on reprogrammed yeah um and those are the two those yeah those are the only two that ended up being predacon um, so it just, I don't know. It just seemed this particular one, the, the, just the, him being so like him being so, although I guess it does, it does lead to the later scene where you, where Megatron's like, where Megatron's like, yes, honor and loyalty are, are two biggest things. And then he's like, yeah, but what about backstabbing and betrayal? Or I forget what he, I forget what, what, what <laughs> yeah. he's just like, Oh, those are good too. Those are good too. Like he's, he's, like, like, he's trying to <laughs> yeah. be all things to all people, which is kind of okay. Okay, I won't complain about it anymore. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, so yeah. So the quick strike sort of, you know, chomping at the bit to have a bit of a fight. Um, <laughs> Silverbolt sort of like, why, what, why do you want to fight me? And sort of incredulous. It's like, look, I, I haven't done anything to you. Um, so... But yeah, so Quick Strike sort of is like, you and me, right now, we're going to tangle. And then that's sort of like where we were about to have the two of them sort of go at it. And I think we had a bit of a, a commercial break there, if I remember correctly. Like it sort of faded to black. Yeah, they, they started fighting, and then like it goes, like his, oh. his, his, his tail, like, 
lashes at the screen, his tail being yeah. a cobra. Yeah. Yeah, did, did, we, did we go into the, the re- yeah, the reveal that apparently he's, like we said, like he kind of skitters around so he looks like a scorpion, and they do yeah. a purposeful job that you don't see the, the tail which has the cobra head mm-hmm. until he basically shouts it at, uh, you know, at, at Silverbolt that they're going to wrestle, basically, and then yeah. the commercial break. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of commercial breaks, how well, not like we have commercials. Uh, <laughs> could. We could. Yeah, yeah. we could. <laughs> um, but why, why don't we take a quick break? We're not quite halfway through the episode, but, you know, we're getting along pretty good. So while we take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Strike and Silverbolt were essentially about to go at it. That sounds kind of weird, but anyway. Um, so yeah, we come back and th- they're sort of like growling and snapping at one another. And then we get Inferno who or rather we get some explosions first around them. And then we cut to Inferno who is flying in the air shooting at the two of them. It's like, ah, for the royalty! It's <laughs> just like why is he attacking them? Yeah. We, we oh. don't know exactly why. How does this help the royalty to shoot yeah. at these like, new people? <laughs> um, so, Inferno lands, and okay, Quickstrike... I was going to say, oh. did we actually explain what they were for what they were by being fusers? Because I... I mean, you know, people who've seen this oh. probably remember stuff, but I don't know if we went over that. Oh, yeah. Well, we sort of... Well, no, I guess we didn't really touch on it. We sort of explained <laughs> what what Quick Strike looked like, but yeah. we didn't really go into detail as to to what happened. I suppose. Yeah, because I don't think we even. Ex- yeah, I interrupted it and threw, pulled everything okay. off the rails. I apologize. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. So yeah, like apparently because of the the uh, malfunction with the scanning equipment, it basically. Uh, took two animals for each of their forms, so th- that's why they're called fusers. They're a fusion of two animals. Mm-hmm. And Quickstrike apparently is a scorpion and a cobra, which is why he's he's got like a scorpion body and his tail's a cobra head. And snakes. It had to be scorpion snakes. <laughs> and uh, Silverbolt <laughs> is a wolf eagle or a wolf hawk of some sort. Yeah. In, fair, so in fact, you could say that he's a werewolf archangel. <laughs> so yeah, they they are they are basically like two different like forms, and I don't know why, but Quickstrike to me always looked like he was more metallic than uh than yeah, he almost looks like a transmetal. Yeah, yeah, it definitely like, looks that way. When I saw this show, like in passing, like I I didn't get to see a lot of season two. I'm not sure why. If I just like didn't. It was changed time slots. It was harder to watch or something like that. But like every time I caught it, I just kind of assumed Quicksilver was Transmetal Scorpion. Because like, 
he kind of looks like a trans man. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, I wonder, because I don't remember seeing a lot of season two either. I wonder if, um, when they were playing it in syndication, if they always started from the beginning, and then, like, when there'd be new episodes, they'd play the new episodes, and then they'd start back up at the beginning, and then they played it. So, like, probably the first season got was in heavier rotation than the second season. Yeah, man. Actually, now that I think about it, that might be the case. Um, well... We watched it on different networks, though. Like, I watched it on YTV, and you watched it on presumably Cartoon Network. Uh, yeah. I watched yeah. it on Fox Kids, I think. Yeah, I watched Fox, yeah. Fox okay. first, yeah. but I remember when it was on Cartoon Network for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I sure... I was too cool to watch Beast Wars when it was on Cartoon Network. <laughs> I, I'm not sure the, the order that it got shown on Fox Kids. Um, if I remember correctly with YTV, they had new episodes, I think it was either Tuesdays or Wednesdays. And then... For a long time, it was just on once a week, and then once they got enough episodes and started doing the whole syndication thing, they would show you know the the episodes sequentially, like every night of the week. You get the new episode on, I think it was Wednesday, and then they would sort of continue along with the series that had already been shown, and then it would sort of reset again. But it would it would never coincide with like the new episode necessarily. If if the timing was right, you'd be like, oh yeah, I saw this episode today, and now I get to see the new episode tomorrow. But the rest of the time, I think it was just shown in order. But they didn't really care to try and have it align with the new episodes when they came out once a week. At least that's how I remember it. Also, also, I mean, the first season is half of the series, so like. There's yeah. twice as many episodes in the first season, so if you just are watching a random episode, you got a fifty percent chance of of watching of catching an episode from the first series from the first season. That's true, and probably and more than fifty percent if it's well, the show is still airing because those ep- other episodes haven't aired yet. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, he definitely is transmetally, and uh, the and uh, uh, Quicksilver also um, has his talents seem a little bit met- metal. Yeah, um, I probably yeah, because of the. Uh, what is it? Was it what was it? A quasar ray? <laughs> the, quant- the quantum surge. Oh yeah, the quantum surge. <laughs> but he's explicitly not a transmetal. He just looks like one. He he like again. He is like a scorpion and snake, and they both like uh, that scales and carapace, right? Yeah, that could easily look metallic. So like, yeah, it's CG. True. So it's kind of like I can. We think it looks transmetally, but I don't think that's what they were going. No, I I don't think so either. Like, and I mean the colors too. Like, that's not typical scorpion colors. That kind of makes it seem a little bit like, but it's kind of typical yeah. snake colors. Yeah. yeah, the coloring was a bit weird. I mean, I like how he looks. It's just yeah, yeah. easily mistaken for a trans. Uh-huh. But yeah, and then with Silverbolt, of course, uh, Silverbolt uh, certainly looks muscly. Although I found that the talons definitely had a very metallic look to them. Whereas the rest of the body just looked more organic, I suppose. He definitely looks more like an animal than... Yeah. Quick, quick shot. Quick, yeah. quick, what is it? <laughs> quick strike. Quick, quick strike. strike. That's ball. it. <laughs> That's so wrong. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> so, back to the episode? Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we get uh, Quick Strike. He's like, ah, another vermin who thinks that he's tougher than me. And so he he runs at Inferno and jumps at him from a rock. 
We mentioned Silverbolt being like, oh, it must be just a misunderstanding. Yeah. Yeah, we, <laughs> we did him no harm. Yeah. Why is he shooting at us? I love Silverbolt. <laughs> yeah. He's so lawful good. It's ridiculous. I love yes. it. <laughs> and and, and I do love the next part coming up. He got Quick Strike, who he manages to latch on to Inferno with his claws and then has his Cobra Stinger head sort of biting at Inferno's shoulders. Inferno's like just laughing it off. Yeah. He's like, fool, pain is my friend. Allow me to introduce you to it. And he, Which, he, I mean, it looks like he's not being affected by it, but the fact that he says yeah. pain is his friend is he probably is. He's just that fucking hardcore that it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> I love Inferno. So what, what proceeds to happen is Inferno grabs Quick Strike's cobra head tail and just immediately <laughs> picture... The the best way that I can think to describe it is picture the scene from the first Avengers movie where say. Loki is getting tossed around like a rag doll. Yeah, and that's what you're getting here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Silverbolt's like, "Oh, now that's just fight dirty fighting," and I'm like, "How is that it isn't. dirty fighting? It's just fighting. <laughs> it's just fighting." <laughs> but I love how Silverbolt's like. That's dirty fighting. I'm going to save him, the guy who was just trying to kill me for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> That's how good he is. He'll help anybody. It doesn't matter. But yeah, he uh, fair he fight land. with me in a ring with with boxing gloves. Yeah, yes, this is the guy that hates bullies. Yeah, yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty much. much. But yeah, Silverbolt lands and he's like, "You've had your fun. Now leave him alone." And, Inferno's like, oh, look, a hero, my favorite. <laughs> he pulls his gun out and immediately shoots him. <laughs> and Silverbolt just flies into a rock. <laughs> we then cut um, a short distance away, and Megatron's just sort of watching everything from off to the side. He's like, ah, oh, yes, such lovely entertainment. He's like, but I suppose while they are distracted, I should attend to business. And so from here, he apparently is able to access Quick Strike and Silverbolt's command or activation commands. He remote hacks them. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Because apparently. I'm guessing from the crash and and the surge and all that basically has left a lot of their normal, like what they would normally have running, not exactly. I was specifically say we best. don't have security systems active. Yeah, they make mention yeah. that the security circuits are still offline, apparently. Which implies that like tra- transformers like have like uh, they could they could be remote hacked if not for the firewalls they have. A That's kind of interesting. Firewall. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> Call back to a previous episode. But but yeah, so. Megatron does a quick hack, I guess. <laughs> and we get Inferno... Um, he's he, in. he, yeah, yeah, he's basically... Um, Inferno switches over to his flamethrower, and he's like, burn in the fires of Inferno! And then just as he's about to burn... <laughs> the way you said that sounded very wrestlery. Yes. <laughs> Macho Man is now Inferno, yeah. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> But just as just as he's about to burn them, Megatron slaps him away with his tail, and he's like, "Goodbye, bad cop. Hello, good cop." 
And then he introduces himself, or himself, and he's like, a simple misunderstanding. I do apologize. Twitch Silverbolt's like, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you you precious naive boy. (laughs) And and of course, Quickstrike's like, what, you trust this tin horn toad? And Megatron's like, why should he not? We are all Predacons, after all. He begins to explain, or rather, tell a story that their data track had been damaged, and that you would know yourselves, but, you know, your memories are scrambled. And Quickstrike's like, well, you blow a pretty tune, stranger, but it's still hot air to me, unless you can back your claim. So, I'm trying to get an idea. It's certainly Western, but it's like he's an old gold prospector. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, he, he's he's definitely they're trying to go for like a cowboy. Thing, yeah, yeah, I think I I think they're basically going for like an ornery varmint. So yeah. so basically, I guess anything Westernish. Yeah, like the the old old West kind of tropes and characters. It's it's hard to explain because there's. Like I honestly at first like wanted to say Texan, but that's really just that's too specific for what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, he's very so, much like just trying to be a cowboy more than just be Texan. Yeah, like, so yeah. I think true, he's yeah. so what he is. He's Tex from Red versus Blue. <laughs> <laughs> like like what not necessarily not necessarily <laughs> literally from Texas, but he is. I would say that he is a. Definitely a somebody that you could nickname Tex. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the sing, single comment on um, on Transformers on this episode uh, on the site that I watched this on totally legitimately. Uh, he, he says that's a shame. They make this two parter have a bunch of Western influences to showcase the arrival of Quickstrike, and they just turn him into another goon. So apparently they're not going to utilize him well later, but we'll see. I guess we'll see if um, Bob Show, which is spelt. Bob and then S H E A U X is right. <laughs> oh, Gazunday. Sorry. <laughs> this setup is um, hard to mute on a sneeze. Yeah. By um, the way, uh, the 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 Beast Wars uh, wiki does say that Quickstrike is this spasmodic, violent, trigger happy cowboy. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> um. Megatron goes on to to ask what his name is, and we then get the first mention of actually Quickstrike. Um, and then he's like, "And Good's got nothing to do with it." And then we cut the Silverbolt, who's like, "I think my name is Silverbolt. Yes, pure, strong, and fast." And then we get Megatron, who's just sort of like slack jawed for a minute. He's like, "Oh my god, this guy is an idiot." <laughs> There were trumpets in the background while he yeah. said that. Yeah, but he he says in any case, Quick Strike and uh, Silver Bolt, and I couldn't help but figure that in his mind he might have been thinking like Silver Dolt. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, did, we, did we mention that Quick Silver, Quick Strike had a? I must say Quick Silver again. Quick Strike had like a, a music cue as well, with like the the Wild Westy sound. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little rattle sound. Yeah. And I think there was a whip sound, too, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Let me check. It might have been. No, I'm but... curious. <laughs> I might be wrong, but Checking I right now. thought there might have been. You can continue while I check. 
Anyway, yes. Continue. I think I think it's just his snapping. Oh yeah, that might be oh, it. Okay. Um, but we get Megatron who um, says that the proof is simple and that he, that they just need to speak aloud their Predacon activation codes terrorize. And when he says it, he transforms, and he's like, "There, you see." And then Quicksilver's like. Wait, so all I gotta do is say terrorizing. <laughs> he's like spooked as he transforms. He's like, ah! He's like, damnation! <laughs> what the hell is happening to me? <laughs> yeah. Megatron's like, and there you have it. New form, new weapons, new opportunity. And then we get Silverbolt who says, he's like, it's not a word I like the taste of. And then Quickstrip's like, like, can't argue with the results, though. And then he immediately blasts Inferno with, like, some sort of a venom beam from his gun. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, it's funny because his his cobra head turned into, uh, like, an arm. And the head is very reminiscent of what Megatron's head was in the first mix between both of Megatron's, like, arms. Because it's, like, it's, a, it's like kind of, like prehensile like uh, Megatron's new arm but it has a face on it like Megatron's old arm yes yeah and uh I just I just love Silverbolt's like uh, terrorize like he's yeah. just so <laughs> it, it, it like wrecks him to the core to say that word like he's <laughs> such a good boy <laughs> but um so Megatron's impressed with them and sort of cut moves in behind them and places his hands on their shoulders like, ah, welcome my new Predacons. And then we get this, almost like this pose as he's smiling. But they're, was... they're taking like, they're taking like the Christmas card, Christmas card <laughs> pictures. Yeah, pretty much. It was a little weird. So Big happy family, the Predacons. Yeah. So we, we cut back to the Axelon and we've got Rhinox who's working underneath this sort of device in the middle of the like the command center of the base and looks like he's getting ready to do something Rattrap's sort of a bit upset um he's like oh man if they don't take the chrome plated cookie primal's been vape apparently dinobot has disappeared we know where dinobot is uh he's like stripes and the bird lady are off on some world cruise and now you're going offline and so Rhinox sort of alludes to that apparently because of the explosion, there's been some sort of a... Um, I think he uh, said transwarp, kind of. Yeah, he said that there was a, a window into transwarp space that was created. Yeah, it's, it's a small opening that he, they have to take advantage He has to take yeah, advantage of. Yeah, it's not going to last long. And um, Rodtraps were like, well, so what? He's like, you ever occur to you that we might use your core consciousness <laughs> right here? But uh, Rhinox activates the device, and it sort of lowers down, and so he's laying underneath it. Um, we then get uh, Cheetor, who's there with them, and uh, Ratchet's like, uh, what are you looking at? He's like, get your shiny butt skyward and see if you can find Chopper Face before the Preds do. And Cheetor's like, oh, you mean fly? He's like, do I mean... He's like, no, take a submarine. Of course I mean fly. Take a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> I I also love how punk Cheetor was. He's like, fuck yeah, yeah fine. <laughs> it's like, oh great, yay! But um, that chap's great here. Yeah, I love that line too. <laughs> Just the way that it came across. He's like, D -d 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 do I meet? Do I no? Take the damn submarine. Yeah, the delivery was great. Yeah, and this of course is where we get that sort of 
G1 almost reminiscent where the logo on Cheetor's forehead sort of flashes and turns and sort of envelops the screen before we get... White. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get Cheetor in his Cheetah mode running outside and then his jets kick in and he starts flying away. Um, and Rattrap's watching on the screen. He's like, he's like, Optimus, how did you do it? And so we, we've then cut to this sort of a mountain. And personally, I, I like the shake, the Dinobot Shakespeare scene. Oh yeah. It's great. Oh yeah. Cause we've got Dinobot here. He's holding both golden discs in his hands and he, he starts quoting Shakespeare, like to be, to be or not to be. Um, he's sort of talking about how he's holding the future in his hands if this is in fact like the proper world but then he sort of wonders whether or not the future is immutably foretold and that his demise is but moments from that confirmation he's like for I could not live if not the master of my fate but he's like but if the future can be changed and these discs are merely one path of all the myriad ways the cosmos might form, then their power is infinite, but still limited limited because they could only be used once. And then in that change, they would be rendered fiction forevermore. And then he sort of wondered, he sort of considers the idea of just destroying them. And then he says that it's a coward's answer and that he'll know the answer he'll know the truth instead and then it will either be them or him who face oblivion oblivion so till then so what he does is he puts one of the golden discs under a rock on the top of this mountain and then we get him putting the rock down and that's where we get the screen the scene sort of blocking out um the whole like them or him i'm wondering who he means by them I thought he meant the disc yeah, at that he, point, because he, yeah. he did say he was thinking of destroying them outright. Mm-hmm. Okay, because like, the them or him thing, I thought, like, might be reference to, like, the Maximals. Like, mm. um, uh, I got the impression that it was the disc, too, because I think he was sort of, like, toying with the idea of destroying the discs. Although it's sort of alluded to, like, he somehow has an idea as to what's going to happen to himself. Well, see, he's contemplating multiverse theory versus one linear timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Not... I, I got that part, but it seems <laughs> like, it seems like he, he thinks he's going to die. Yeah. And like, yeah. he's wondering if he can change that or not. It kind of sounds like what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And like, again, this isn't spoilers because like, I don't know what happens to him because I haven't, I, I didn't see a lot of season two or three. So, um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm curious to see where that where that goes. It's very yeah. intriguing. That's yeah. why I said the them or him thing. Where like maybe he's like, because like we talked about it before that if they if the Maximals win, what what happens to Dinobot? Right? Yeah. So like he's like, do I have to choose between the Maximals coming out on top or just me? And that's how I took it. And maybe I'm totally wrong. Hmm. Actually, now that I think about it, we are seven episodes away from my favorite episode of the series. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, just all this talk of Dinobot and whatnot, it reminded Wait, me of it. So. But the the low road already happened. <laughs> Jesus. Damn it, Kendall. <laughs> you'll, you'll 
you'll understand why I like it. At least I'm I'm pretty sure you'll understand. So, <laughs> but anyway, getting back to the episode. So, Dinobot um, puts the disc under a rock, and then we cut back to the Predacons, and we actually get Silverbolt helping Inferno up, and, and Megatron the teamwork line. Yeah. Yeah, because Megatron's like, ah, teamwork, yes. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a little weird. Um, <laughs> Do you think, like, Black Arachnia is just like, is she, is she like taking off the mind control fetish thing in this episode? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, geez, I skipped over the. Yeah, I was about to say. We have the little. And it was not very long either. It was like maybe 45 seconds, almost a minute. Yeah. Yeah, because what happens is we go from Dinobot to Black Arachnia, who is wearing this like VR headsets, pretty much like what she used with the um, with the interfacing with the pod back a couple of episodes ago, and you know we're getting these flashes and it's looking like she's sort of in pain, and it looks almost like this sort of doc. Dr. Frankenstein-ish sort of lab set up in, yeah, on the dark side. It's shock play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she has uh, Tarantulas' body hang up in one of one of those uh, Energon webs, and it's just, it's slowly uncurling to... Yeah, it's a really cool, creepy-looking... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he... He's like, it's working, it's working, my spark is restored, and my body is stronger than ever. And then, you know, we finally see Tarantulas' transmetal body for the first time. And he and gets he, to shout, I'm, a, I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> I live, is what he yeah. says. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. It's rather, like, melodramatic. It's like, I live. I live. It's rather creepy because we sort of zoom in on his face and then it blacks out, and then from here we then cut to to Megatron and we have Silverbolt helping up Inferno. Um, and he says, "Teamwork and cooperation; those are the Predacon watchwords." Yeah, that's, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when Quick Strike says, "Like, well, how about backstabbing and treachery?" Oh, we can be flexible. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes on to say that their main focus is always the Maximals and their destruction. And Quickstar's like, destruction's good. I like destruction. And Megatron's like, well, then you have your chance, my dear Quickstrike. Observe. And uh, they see uh, Cheetor flying in the air. And Megatron starts shooting at him. And then we get we got the Cheetor who's like trying to get a hold of Dinobot. And he's like, this is the Cobalt Kitty calling. Speaking into his <laughs> wrist in beast mode, too, which I think is kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like how he's already given himself a nickname. Yeah, yeah the Cobalt Kitty. Yeah. Um, and he's like, somebody's trying to cook this cat. And then we get Megatron ordering Silverbolt to go after him. Uh, <laughs> Silverbolt's like, why? He's not attacking. And then Megatron <laughs> shoots him. <laughs> it says never questions my question my orders. No go. He shoots him with his like T Rex arms, which are apparently shoulder turrets. In this yeah, yeah. which is kind of cool. 
And at this point, you think Silverbolt would be like, hmm, yeah, maybe I shouldn't work with these people. Yeah. But no, he goes and he goes and listens to him after that. Yeah. So he transforms into his dirt, his his dog bird mode or bird dog mode, I suppose. As Rashad would beast say, mode. Yeah, I suppose I could have said that too. Um, and he flies away, and then Megatron orders Quick Strike and Inferno to come out to follow, and so we get Quick Strike who sort of hops up onto Inferno, almost like he's piggyback riding on Inferno. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like if you were watching somebody trying to ride an ostrich. Because <laughs> he's like sitting on the, the abdomen part that turns into yeah. the... Uh, that turns into like the little rotor jet thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't Quickstrike call him uh, Blenderbutt at one point? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as they fly away, Quickstrike's like, yeah, yeehaw! <laughs> he starts shaking his he starts like spinning his uh his snake hand too. Yeah. Giddy up for you know, yeah. giddy up uh, fashion. And and then Megatron's flying as well. And then Cheetor's like, Oh man, I'm leading a pred parade. And then he says we'll see if they can follow this leader. And so Cheetor flies into this ravine and he's got Silverbolt flying behind him. So I guess he got better at flying. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he does some good flying here. He does. Because um, Silverbolt's flying and manages to, uh, like, he transforms but and fires some missiles with Cheetor. But Cheetor manages to um, avoid him and Silverbolt's missiles hit uh, a pillar and... I think he was sort of assumed that Silverbolt sort of smacked into it a bit. Yeah, like he, yeah, sort of he flew got into he, it. he got into the, he flew into the explosion kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I really like his 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 missiles. By the way, are his like feathered yeah. wingtips, which yeah. is really cool. Um, I like that yeah. a lot. So uh, regarding the Cheetor being good at flying all of a sudden, so first of all, earlier in the episode he was still kind of awkward on it. I think the thing is here in this scene is the way that he flies is different from the way that most of the others fly. You know, the, mm. the ones that are, you know, the the birds and stuff, like, they're basically they're basically flying like birds, where it's basically yeah. just gliding, and they probably have some kind of propulsion, but it's not, like, a dedicated thing that is propulsion the way that Cheetor's rockets are. So it's, you know, it's like yeah. a bird a bird chasing after a F-15. So. <laughs> it's not, it's, yeah, but that, that, that doesn't that doesn't yeah he's faster I get that but I mean he's swerving and like banking right. really well right but which like, he wasn't able to like turn properly lasting and I mean like, maybe he trained in between or maybe finally his precognitive cheetah ability <laughs> and he's using that to like swerve it through the through the rocks uh, yeah I was I sort of I guess I what I was saying is like it's easy for him to get the speed and so he's He's able to focus more on maneuvering. I mean, he has obviously gotten better. I definitely grant that. Um, yeah. But but uh, but I think that it, it does make sense for him to be a a better flyer because he's he's operating with better tools. Yeah. And also, he's not you know he's in he's in beast form. He's fo- you know his it's like uh it's like if you're flying an X wing and you have your X your S foils closed. Like he's he's in maneuver mode. <laughs> And that's the only flight mode he has. Right, right, exactly. That's what I mean. And so he, so it's a trade-off. Like 
you know, he's 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 trading that, you know, the ability to to fight while he's flying to really focus on just running. And yeah. uh, and so I think because of that, he's able to do it. Although I would say if I was the Predacons and worried about um, about maneuvering, I would just go f- five feet higher because this ravine is not that deep and Cheetor is not that deep in it. But yeah, um, true. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, yeah. I just, I just, I think it's. I do. I just. I wanted to sort of acknowledge that. I mean, because like uh, Megatron's got his, uh, his, his sort of rockety things, but those don't seem like they're very. They're necessarily that much faster. Whereas I get the cha- the sense that Cheetor. Also, I guess Cheetor's a cheetah, and cheetahs are fast. Well, he's lighter too. It, it's um, weird because Megatron does start catching up to Cheetor. Even after, because what we get here is after Silverbolt sort of crashes, we then get Megatron coming up behind, and he's just smashing through pillars. <laughs> like, he doesn't care. And, yeah. and Cheetor was like, oh, yeah, no, it's like nothing beats uh, speed and cat like cornering ability. And that's when we get Megatron bursting Trump. through pillars, and Cheetor's like, uh, except maybe brute force. force. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which I mean, yeah, uh, and I all, guess. all I'm saying with Cheetor's like precognitive abilities is that he could have destroyed the Death Star. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> could have made that shot. He would have. He would have had to transform first, though. Yeah. yeah. If, if even I'm not even sure if he has long range abilities if he's in robot form yet. So yeah, okay. it's no, uh, it's no bullseye womp rats on, and it's T six. <laughs> <laughs> Is the Kessel close. Run like Han? Yeah, Han does the Kessel Run in less than twelve okay. seconds. Yes, yeah. So he wouldn't have used precog, but Cheetor would have. He could do it faster. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Cheetor tells his jets to to go maximum burn, and uh, he's uh, radioing into the base, and ra- he's like, "Code one emergency." And Rat Trap's like, oh, as if bad things were bad enough. He's like, what you done now? And Cheetor's <laughs> like, well, I ran into a Pred Nest in Delta Quadrant. He's like, couple of new Nazis plus Megs himself, and they're on my tail. <laughs> and we have Rat Trap who says, Pussycat, you really know how to tickle my joystick. I was like, whoa, whoa, what? Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> wife wanted really to make on, sure Cheetor, that we... Uh... It's mortal danger. <laughs> Get me so my, hot. My wife wanted to make sure way, that, we, uh, that we mentioned that. That he says, "Tickle my joystick." Yeah, uh, I, was... I was gonna say that's that's quoted in the the uh, TF wiki, and it says, "Cheater's predicament provokes an unfortunate choice of words from Rat Trap." I'll <laughs> say, <laughs> like this would have point been the point where George Decay would have been like, "Oh my!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so <laughs> Rat Trap um, says that they'll lay out the welcome mat and get Sentinel to turn on the auto guns. And stand ready for full alert. And then he goes over to Rhinox, who is sort of unconscious under this device. And Rattrap sort of knocks on. He's like, sorry to interrupt your nap, but company's coming. And then uh, he's interrupted by the computer as it says that Rhinox's core consciousness has extended beyond measurable limits. And that any disturbance will result in a permanent loss of his spark. And Rattrap's like, oh, sure. Now, there's some great timing for you. <laughs> and then we get uh, Dinobot, who uh, enters the base. He's like, what's happening? Sentinel's online, and Rattrap is actually excited to see Dinobot. But then he, he sort of... himself, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, where have you been? Out saving the universe or something? And Dinobot, funnily enough, says, possibly yes. 
And I'm looking the at the super disc. inconspicuous here, like walking, like holding the disc behind his back, and then he's like, "I'm gonna get this bunch of guns to have it come right up in front <laughs> yeah. of me." Speaking of which, we can see which disc he's holding, and it looks like it's the one they found here. Yeah, so the one he like put the under the disc. rock is the the one that was from Earth. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, I guess they're both from Earth, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the original. Yeah. You got yeah, the original I, one that was that they was, had stolen. I was just thinking, it's a good thing there's a lot happening, and like Rattrap has a lot in his mind, or he would would have probably asked him about what he was hiding behind his back. Yeah, but um, we get Dinobot. He he taps something on his chest, and there's a wall of guns that appears between him <laughs> and Rattrap. And I'm just looking at all the guns. It looks like there's multiple. Like there's the transmetal version and the regular version of Rattrap's guns. Then there's a bunch of of Cheetors, old Guts guns. But they're colored, not like yeah. Cheetor. It looks like Tigertron's coloring for those. Yeah. And then, then there's like... stockpiling all the times that they left their weapons out and regenerate them in the CR. That's yeah. a, a massive-ass shotgun there, too. There's two of them. <laughs> well, one of them looks a rifle, and everyone looks like a shotgun. Yeah. They both have, maybe they are the same model, because yeah. they both have the scopes. But it looks like yeah. a shotgun... One of them from the angle it's at, but uh-huh. I guess they're both rifles. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's. I want to say there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's like eleven of Rat Trap's guns, <laughs> <laughs> and then two of the Guts guns that look like they're colored there's like Cheetor's colors. Guns. Oh, is there three? Yeah, there's one at the top. I've uh, done about shoulder. Oh, okay. One of oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Well, and then there's the two big rifles. Well, I mean, the the simple answer is, of course, you know, they only had so many models. Yeah. But I honestly do think that 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 uh, Dinobot was just stockpiling in all these guns. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like when it's like that that uh, cache of shields they had. You know, the Maximals oh, were stockpiling yeah. shields. He's been stockpiling guns. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But yeah, so Dinobot asks Rattrap to sort of let him know what the situation is, and Rattrap sort of like starts listing things off. He's like, "Oh, Rhinox is off chasing comets with his mind. Cheetor's bringing a squad of Preds home to play, and of course, if they hit this place, then Big Green goes permanently offline." So that's when Dinobot's uh, the the wall of guns lifts up. And we see Dinobot's face, and he's like, then we must take the fight to the enemy. And then he tosses one of Rattrap's guns to him while he's... Well, I don't know where the bandolier came from, but he's got <laughs> two <laughs> bandoliers <laughs> with bullets. And he's got two of <laughs> Those Rattrap's, are energy weapons. Yeah. He, he's got two of Rattrap's guns on his hips, the big rifle, and he tosses one of Rattrap's guns to him. Maybe the rifle's a ballistic weapon. Yeah, no, that's maybe. maybe. Um, I, I like to think that he put the weapon rack down originally just to like put the golden disc in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and then he's like, oh, I guess I could grab weapons. We yeah. <laughs> so Why does we... he grab Rattrap more than one gun? Got so many of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he figures Rattrap has one already. Yeah. But he passed, oh, he's, oh, yeah, he passed him an extra gun. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So we, we then cut to um, they both leave with the elevator 
and Rattrap sort of jumps off of it and transforms into his rat mode. And then, what does he call it here? Oh, yeah, he calls it Brody, Brody mode. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I wonder if that was what it was called in the toy. Like, on the back of the box, it says, like, there's, there's Robot, Rat, and Brody. Maybe. But uh, he's like, maximum rubber burn. And so he squeals off. <laughs> it's kind off. of a contrast to maximum burn that Optimus and Cheetor say. Yeah. And uh, so he goes driving off, and Dinobot has, is left in a, a big cloud of dust. <laughs> and he's like, accursed rodent. <laughs> so Rattrap goes driving off, and from here we... I'm trying to remember how this scene goes now because Dino. Oh yes, then we cut to the the, the Targ side again, and we've got Tarantulas who is sort of creeping up on. Uh, We're not quite there yet. No? It has like it has Rat Trap. Uh, it shows Cheetor getting chased by Megatron. Oh yes, that's and right. And then Rat Trap catches up with them driving, and yeah. then he like transforms and does like a John Woo type like dive, yeah. and and uh, fires his a uh, gun multiple times, and one of them nicks. Uh, Megatron's rotor or jet yeah. rotor thing, and That's I thought right. it was really cool. I love that part. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> Megatron awesome. winds up crashing into the ground, and so Actually, he's a pretty trans- good landing. He like transforms and lands on his feet. Yeah, yeah. And Rattrap manages to—I don't know how he managed to do this—but he falls and lands behind the rock, and then she <laughs> yeah. lands with him. It was really weird. Yeah. Then from here we cut to Tarantulas who's approaching Black Arachnia. Really creepily, mind you. Stranger and, danger. Stranger danger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so she holds she pulls out her gun and she's got like this blue tipped arrow that's sort of loaded into it. And she's like, Don't come any closer. Um it, we get then there's a little exchange where Tarantula's like, oh, you won't be hurting me. And apparently there's still a psychic link between the two of them. Yeah, yeah he, he said he left... A, did he say psychic rapport or psychic link? Uh, psychic link. Okay, yeah. yeah. I guess while he was mess- while he was stuck in her head, he did some... left some stuff behind. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, he says that even while he's in his body, he can still control her. And so... Just as he's about to say something else, we think a Megatron's head appear on the screen behind them. <laughs> and Black Arach- like he manages to get Black Arachnia to point the gun at her own head, and then Megatron appears, and then Black Arachnia sort of falls over, sort of like exasperated or like well, weakened. He, he, he like releases her from the thrall, and then she kind of just yeah. like collapses. Yeah. Because she was training not to point the gun at her head, so I guess when yeah. he let go, it kind of just... Threw her off balance. Yeah. So Megatron uh, makes mention that, ah, oh, Tarantulas, you're back online, and you're a transmetal as well. And so he's ordering all the Predacons to regroup around his position. Got uh, over the traitor thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he's he's looking forward to crushing the, the Maximals first. Yeah. yeah. You know, then, then he can take care of internal stuff. Yeah, and we get Waspinator who who flies up out of the the CR uh, pool again. And he's like you, and he starts to explain what happened to the golden discs, and Megatron just like brushes him off and doesn't. There's gonna care. be a scene later on where Megatron's like, 
where are the golden discs? And Russ was like, Wasp and Eater tried to tell you, Megatron. Yeah. Why didn't you tell me sooner? I tried. Worthless. And like slams him against the wall or something. And like, uh, Wasp and Eater, never get. Yeah. Always gets the bad end of the stick. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he's like, Lizard Bot invade base, but Wasp and Eater, and then he's like, Silence, just converge on my coordinates. <laughs> And then from here we get like a little montage. It only took one episode. It only took one episode for Megatron to lose a tail on his arm. Yeah. (laughs) Because his tail is sitting next to him while his his arm now tailless reaches into his uh, um, whatever for the clock thing that he has. It it almost reminds me of like the pauldrons from World of Warcraft. Yeah. The big shoulder pauldrons almost. And he pulls out like this funky device that apparently is some sort of a clockwork in it and everything it's great yeah yeah like i think it's a neat design i have no idea how it works but it's a really neat design how to read that or anything yeah yeah that's the other thing is like i have no idea what like yeah i mean but to be fair though if a if if megatron showed up on earth and saw people looking at wristwatches he probably wouldn't be able to reread that either yeah yeah but yeah the so to try and describe it for the listener, it's like, it almost looks like... A solar system, really. Yeah, like a solar system. It's like a sun, and then you've got these three planets that are sort of ticking and, like, rising up around the sun from this device. And then from there, we, we've we then cut to the Maximals. Cheetor's, like, sharpening his, like, little tail. It, instead of it being a whip, it's sort of like really rigid right now, so it almost looks like some t- type of a pole arm or, like, an axe or... I, I think... A well, pick. Or, yeah, yeah, like a pick. I think it can, it can like, re- it can stiffen and, and become flexible whenever he wants kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we get a Dinobot who approaches them and <laughs> he cocks okay. the gun. I, I just want to point out, I did look it up. Orrery, or if I said that right, is... Is what it kind of looks like, which is is a mechanical model of the solar system or something like that, and okay. it's just kind of like that, except like the planets are holographic, but there are still mechanical parts that seem to be connected to their movement. Yep, yep, that's exactly it. I mean, it was very cool design. I just I don't know oh, yeah. how it works, but you know, future tech and all that. Um, we we cut back to the maximal base, and we've got Rhinox whose hands are, are shaking quite badly. And we have this now sort of purple swirling energy that is rising up from the device that he's laying under. And we then get cut back to the Predacons and we have, we see Tarantulas's new form, which is sort of like mixed looks between, like a motorcycle. Yeah. It looks like a motorcycle yeah. or like a two wheeled car sort of thing. Um, and Waspinator like floats in. Then we cut back to Rhinox, and we see that Rhinox's eyes are like completely black, um, with the the purple sort of swirling energy around him. And then Megatron, uh, we get the the planets sort of fall back into the device that he's holding, and he nods to Quick Strike. And then we see Rattrap, who I think was loading his gun. Yeah, or some he was doing something to basically yeah. set it in. Yeah. yeah. So Rattrap, Cheetor, and Dinobot walk out from behind the rock that they were be- that they were hiding behind and then we get a lineup of the Predacons sort of like an old Wild West sort of showdown type deal. 
If we even get a scene sort of from behind Waspinator's hip, where yeah. you see his fingers sort of twitching a little bit with his gun sort of resting there. Yeah. Um, and then we get uh, sort of like this stare down between all of the different Transformers. And then the Predacons all ready their guns, and then we sort of get a slow motion of Dinobot pointing his gun, Rattrap pointing his, and Cheetor's moving to put his hands together, because that's how his gun works now, apparently. And then... Oh, okay, we'll see the next episode, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the screen freezes, and it goes into, like, this sort of... Sepia, sepia. Yeah, yeah, sepia coloring. Old-timey western yeah. look. And then it burns away, and then that's when we get the credits, and that's the end of the episode. So, like the title sequence of Gunsmoke, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, Which I never episode. actually saw. I just know that they, that's what they did. <laughs> but overall, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Lots of interesting things, like intriguing things, happen with like the discs, and and we got introduced to to Silverbolt and Quick Strike. Just said right this time. Just good. <laughs> um, I really like Silverbolt. I love how his, his paladininess and like I, I wanted to mention it when he's kind of talking. It, it has a lot of shots of his like wolf head near the moon. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I thought he was gonna howl at any moment. I was like, it's gonna happen. It didn't happen. Free wolf moon. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and like I said, like this, I it sets always... up a lot for the rest of the season. Yeah, like. and I guess I guess it's kind of a nice introduction to the to new characters and kind of basically, uh, yeah, like you said, like it seems to be like a very good way of just setting up a lot of stuff that's going to be coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but overall, I thought it was pretty good, and we have some some good setup. And of course, with part two, it's uh, we're going to have more revelations. <laughs> so, you can't. You said you liked it, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah. So, so I suppose we should move on to some questions. We've got we've got time for a few. I don't know if we'll be able to hit all of them, but it's getting a bit late. So, <laughs> okay. I Actually, I mean, like it's earlier than it usually is when we're ending. But yeah, <laughs> well, let's see. We got a couple, mostly from Twitter. I don't think we got any from the Facebook group. But let me just double check real quick. I usually retweet uh, the questions post, and I forgot. So yeah. Bad. Mm, no, doesn't look like uh, doesn't look like it. Though to be fair, I did post it rather early. Like I was just trying to remember to make sure to do it. Um, anyway, could retweet it right now and see if anything happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, because something's uh, late. But let's see. We got another question from uh, something to do, which is at something to do NM, and they ask if you could create any fuser. Uh, Fusure. Uh, I can't talk now. What, what two animals would you like to see be combined, and would it be a Pred or a Maximal? Mm. So, I remember there was like a shark bird one that I really liked, but I know a sh- uh, asking oh, what we'd want to combine, because I, I, I... Yeah. Okay, cool. How about, mm-hmm. how about a koala and a kangaroo? <laughs> it's a little on the nose. I'm sure Jules <laughs> and Tyler would love that one. <laughs> Um, uh, they just they just land on they just land in Australia and you're like what are all these fusions doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'd probably want to make a maxil, but I'm, I'm 
torn. I'm trying to think of what I could do. Uh, uh, a rhino shark. The bullet from a D&D would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a little too, like, copying bullet, though. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be kind of cool if we had another... Uh, another Maxwell that was sort of similar to Rat Trap in a sense. So maybe something if it was like a badger and something else. I'm trying to think of what else it could be. Owlbear. More D&D monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a cat uh, cat gorilla would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty cool. I just think of this all day, really. Uh, <laughs> monkey bird. <laughs> monkey bird. Um, swordfish. Albatross. <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, oh no, I was going to say, I was going to try to think of horned animals there to, to go with a swordfish, but narwhal and swordfish wouldn't really be much of a combination. Mm. Chameleon spider. <laughs> you know what? Just give me a duckbill platypus and we'll call it a day. <laughs> That's a fuser on its own. Yeah. <laughs> True. Oh, if we're going with uh, we could just do like what the Lunchables commercial did, and, and also include a jackalope. Yeah, maybe like maybe <laughs> like a, uh, a like a, a poodle and a German Shepherd. Said <laughs> deer bird would be pretty cool. Then, bird is the most like, the most fun thing to combine with anything. And then it'd be like uh, <laughs> like if it's like yeah, it's like a poodle, and, it, and then it's like going around like trying to convince the other fusors that it is in fact a fusor. It's like no, that I'm part. I'm part poodle and part German Shepherd. It, they're two different animals. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a mixed breed dog, and yeah. it's, it's a fusor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there so, there are also mixes of, of of poodles and German Shepherd, but the two things that I scanned were purebred. Deer cat, like a, like a cat with antlers, would be pretty cool. Yeah, and like deer legs, like a deer a deer back legs, cat front paws, and then like antlers. Oh, that'd be sweet. weird. A cat, fish, and then uh, it doesn't like water, <laughs> but it has gills, so it has to breathe in water, so it's just grumpy all the time. Let's <laughs> stay in the water all the time. BG Mermaid was like a monkey and a fish, <laughs> supposedly. Or just, and just a pegasus. That too. <laughs> That's true. So basically a lot of mythical animals. Because, I yeah, mean, yeah. if you think about, like, a griffin... A straight-up chimera transformer would be cool, actually. Yeah. That's all I can really think of. We gave a lot okay. of answers to that. I think that's acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Chimera can even have like multiple personalities like Blitzwing does in uh, Transformers Animated. Uh-huh. Hmm. That so, is yeah. true. There you go. Next question. Uh, we have one from when 100 years later at Doki no, Do, Doku no Koi. Would a Manticore be a Fusor? And I think that's true. Yeah, I think so too. What's a man? Scorpion, human, lion. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a lion with a, with um a man's face and a scorpion tail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a couple of different versions. Sometimes they have like an antelope body and a lion's head with a man's face in the on the mane instead of a lion's face. Um, they have wings too, apparently. Some of them do at least. Yeah, it really it really depends, but it it it's. It's basically a step away from a chimera, which is usually three animals, and it's it's like two animals a lot of the times. I think usually it's got a poisonous tail. Is a pretty big thing, though. Yeah, I think I think that's part of it. Because almost every depiction I'm seeing here has a poisonous tail, 
and the the human face is debatable, but I think the human face is really creepy. Having like a human <laughs> face on the lion, and then also having like bat wings and a fucking barbed tail. Mm-hmm. So this is a barbed tail. So this is a scorpion tail. The pictures I'm seeing, the classic photos I'm seeing are no wings, just like a uh, barbed tail and a man lion thing. I'm also seeing cute anime girls that are manticores based on the search results. <laughs> really? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're a little too lewd to share. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that a chimera would definitely be one. Cool. All right. Next question again. I think that's it, other than the uh, little news corner we've got. Ah, uh, yes. Oh. Yeah, I think that's 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 Exciting. that's all of them. So if you do, you, do you want to read them, Greg? Since <laughs> since you're since you read the last one, or... or... No, you go right ahead, Jordan. Okay, so uh, Lady Kay Hirsch sent us a nice, uh, basically, news corner again. And so so this time they were like, uh, they were like, hey there, these crew, official Transformers news correspondent Casey here with some, hot, some more hot scoops. Sorry for the lack of communication last week. There was a real post-convention drought of Transformer news. Also, <laughs> I was so vis... vis- Viscerally flabbergasted by the idea that any real living person would say they, in, this is in quotes, miss HMs or act like they were somehow a, a good thing instead of an extreme annoyance that w- should have been done away with me. <laughs> <laughs> that I was rendered both speechless and unable to type words. <laughs> enough about a <laughs> I love but you, Lady Hurst. <laughs> but enough about objectively bad Pokemon opinions. Ooh. So, item number one is that uh, Masterpiece Cheater Cheetor officially came out this week. The reception yes. seems mostly positive so far from those who have uh, purchased him, which has me even more excited to see Dinobot get fully revealed. And then they provided us some uh, some really nice pictures, which I posted before we started the po- podcast, so we could discuss that. It looked awesome. <laughs> Some of the expressions that Cheetor has are really good. You know that I'm not a big fan of high-end action figures generally, but this one, I I think, looks... It actually looks like good. It doesn't look like just a bunch of points of articulation. Yeah. And even, like, both the the beast mode and the robot mode look very accurate to the show. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's crazy how accurate the Cheetah part looks. Like, Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they mentioned the other piece of news I have isn't actually related to Beast Wars, but I figure I can get away with padding things out out bit week to week with some more general Transformer news. It's not like Beast Wars news is exactly popping off regularly. Yeah, so, so item number two this week is that the director for the Bumblebee spinoff movie has been announced. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's president and CEO of Laika. Is that how you say it? Laika? The Bumblebee spinoff movie? Yep. The L A L A I K A. Yep, like that. Like a Travis Knight. Uh, he only recently made his di- directorial debut with Kubo and the Two Strings, which I thought was pretty a pretty good movie. And he's been in charge of animation for Laika's other previous movies, Coraline, pa- Paranorman, and Box Trolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll make this the first live action Transformers movie not to be directed by Michael Bay. Thank God. <laughs> Now, that doesn't automatically mean it will be any better than its crappy predecessors, but at the very least, it'll hopefully have been less weird robot junk humor and underage dating subplots. 
Let's just hope there aren't they aren't replaced by any of the gross transmisogyny misfeatured in box trolls. Yikes. Yeah, yeah I've got oh, my fingers crossed. Oh, there's transmisogyny in box trolls? I'm trying to remember where it was, because... Uh, I, I never saw it, so I can't really... Karen Norman was pretty progressive. So yeah, and surprised. I remember there was, like, there was, like, two women who were, like, raising a kid in box trolls, but, uh, but again, uh, I'm kind of, you know white Caucasian male who's oblivious to these things so I probably... Yeah, and, and I mean like there's kind of a... I don't, I don't want to get too yeah, social yeah. here, but like <laughs> um, while like oh. lesbian relationships oh, have been like, okay, I know, I know what I know what they mean. Oh god. One yeah. of the characters well, basically spends a lot, a lot of time in uh, pretending to be a lady of the night and there's kind of jokes about that and uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, okay. I was gonna say one anyway. thing I, I hope about for the for the Transformers Bumblebee movie is that it's actually about Bumblebee uh-huh. and yeah. not like his human companion. That's <laughs> though the question that we have to ask, I guess now is is this going to be a sequel or is this going to be a prequel? Because mm-hmm. hmm. it could be a prequel where we see how uh, Bumblebee loses his voice. Or it could be a sequel, but then isn't that sort of foretelling that Bumblebee probably doesn't die in the fight with Optimus that we saw in the trailer? I still say that Optimus wasn't scurrying Bumblebee, but the human right beside him. <laughs> Let's hope. He's going after Marky Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Marky Mark wasn't that wasn't that bad in that movie. Um, but like, I think there's... I found a Transformer. <laughs> They uh, they finish up with uh, any of y'all got any strong gut reactions about this di- director announcement? Personally, I think it's a nice change, but I still have zero faith in the movie actually being any good. It's weird talking about the next Transformers movie when the last night still hasn't come out yet. Huh. And then they said, also, how sad it is that Optimus Primal died right after he got voted into the- as the next Prime. It's a shame he's dead forever now, yeah. going on <laughs> and never returning. Do you know for sure for sure if Death Source wasn't secretly involved in helping Megatron kill Primal in that explosion? Seems pretty suspicious, suspicious if you ask me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, she should be on this show. She should be on a guest spot. Like, <laughs> She's done um, more research than any of us. <laughs> she seems to really like Transformers. With regards to the director, I think that it's a good... Like, I like that the director has an animation background, <laughs> yeah. which could work very well. Um, and I'm certainly all for somebody else, aside from Michael Bay, for a change with regards to this series. Michael so, Bay's still producing it? He I, produced... Um, turtles um, and he put his stink on turtles. So. Yeah. Not it, a turtle that's completely horrible, good. but it definitely had Michael. It had Michael Bay as its monster. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to check into that. I will know for next week. And you know, but, the more uh, video games I play, the more I I I real like I understand that there are things from old from old games that cause uh cause them to be tedious or have negative play experience, but. <laughs> I'd rather have, but sometimes I like I like having some tediousness, like the right kind of tediousness in my games, and I, mm. and also you don't have to. I mean, not every single one of your Pokemon has to have four useful moves because it's <laughs> the game. I that disagree. Hard. The game's not that hard. 
It's not about that. It's about it's just about the feeling. It's a feeling of having this shit move in my thing for no reason other than like so other than to get through a fucking cave. How is it? It pulls me out of it that I can that I'm when I'm in the middle of a fucking cave, I can suddenly summon a a Rhyhorn from nowhere to crash to crush some. Oh, is the technology in Pokemon Two out there for you? You didn't, you didn't like. You, you, you didn't get upset by them putting Pokemon in the computers, or like making balls that could like fit like giant monsters or anything. That's but, that. That's okay. But the rule but the, is the rule <laughs> is that unless you're at a at a PC, you can't change what Pokemon what Pokemon are on your team. So this technological make- advances can't happen. Plus, there's specifically ride Pokemon. It specifically calls ride Pokemon, not like oh, I can fight with these guys. <laughs> right, I know. That's why it doesn't make sense. Does make sense? What doesn't make sense about it? <laughs> it's a. I mean, if if you can, if you can teleport a Pokemon from anywhere to where you are now, then you may as well just have. Uh, it may you may as well have access to all of them all the time. But that's against league rules. Ride Pokemon are allowed. Like, the only reason you can't have like uh, twenty Pokemon on you is because of the rules. It's not like you physically. Like, it's not like you couldn't physically hold. 20 Pokemon in a backpack. But not if, then, if you, <laughs> then if all your Pokemon get defeated, I mean, I don't know. I've, I haven't blacked out because the game's too easy, but if you, all your Pokemon You just get, black out, like you're doing you, the other You game. black out, yeah, so you stumble, you have to stumble to the Pokemon Center with no with no backup. Yeah, because that's the rules. You have, <laughs> to, you have to go through the wilderness with no help? That doesn't make any sense. Because <laughs> it's about, Pokemon's about surviving... Out in the wilderness on your own. Oh my the, god! The help of your companions. Yes, as a six-year-old child, throw you to the wild. Ten years old. Ten years old. Sorry, ten years old. Yes. I think having black and white, you're fourteen. Yeah, yeah. This is just different. the one game, though. So it could be wrong. I was going to fan thing. I was going to say that if you remember that Pokemon team I told you about, like what would be my ideal team. Uh-huh. Uh, besides the fact that I just really like those Pokemon, that spread would also be able to basically use every single HM that uh, has been put out, even like Defog or Waterfall or Rock Slide or anything like that. And part of the reason why is that there literally would be the group of Pokemon that I could take with me to go anywhere in the Pokemon world. Like they're like, so it's not so much as that I want them for fighting or battling or anything. It's more of just I want to go on adventures and look at everything with them. So it just yeah, it just, I mean, like maybe even maybe even keep maybe the solution would be to a lot to give to have Pokemon t- still use HMs, but it doesn't count as a move. <laughs> anyway, I like riding so, around a Taurus and a Lapras. So I don't. So know. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> guy being the director because i really do like the uh like movies um they're one of the few things and i'm really mad that i didn't get to see kubo and the two strings in theaters like i wanted yeah neither did i and would like to have seen it yeah like they're one of the companies that i've seen that kind of know how to use their medium to the full effect Mm -hmm. like when i first saw Coraline, is when they was at it was also at the very beginning of when they were doing like 3D movies and stuff like that, and a lot of 3D movies kind of just they're kind of they're kind it's of very just, gimmicky. Yeah, like there's there's things where like they the only time that they ever actually seem to uh, 
acknowledge that oh we 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 show this in 3D sometimes is some rather like obvious gimmicky stuff. Yeah. And Coraline was one of the few movies where I saw where like not only where it didn't care whether it was 3D or not, but if it was 3D, there were scenes that really really took advantage of that. Like the scene where she she crawls through the uh through the like uh storage space into like the other world and such. Like that that whole scene that they did really took advantage of the of the 3D effects. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. It's a good looking movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean like I, I haven't seen I've only seen Coraline out of those movies, but I've heard really good things about Paranorman and uh Yeah. I wanna see Kubo real bad. I didn't even know that yeah. was the same company. Um, and like I didn't have any, ex- I didn't even know the Bumblebee movie existed until today. So like, <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't have any expectations before that. But like the fact that Michael Bay isn't directing it, it makes me like a, a bit hopeful for it. And I mean, it it oh, sucks that they've had shitty content in some of their movies. But like, when they did seen- make some good movies. And like, I don't know, I don't know when Box Trolls came out, but it's no excuse. It's no excusing them of their shittiness. But uh, maybe they've gotten better. You know, everyone. You know, it happened. We'll um, I was, I was gonna say the bumble, the bumblebee. What if the bumblebee movie, like, instead of using CG, they just used models for bumblebee? I'd love it. <laughs> there was a, I mean, like, I don't think they should do entirely practical effects, but it'd be cool if yeah. there was like some practical effects in these movies, like, yeah. make it feel like they're actually there, kind of thing. I think that I agree. I think it would be pretty cool if they did have some practical effects in that. I, I don't like practical effects, but I do think that I do think that you can try to make things look real, and and that the Michael Bay Transformers movies don't do that. So yeah. if they um you know if they had better effects, I'd I'd be on board with. But you don't effects. hate practical effects entirely, do you, Kendall? I mean, like, do you think the thing is has bad effects? Do you think the 1990s Turtle movie has bad effects? I mean, they look really good still today. Yeah. Like I know. I mean, I think I think. Uh, that they they hold they hold up a little bit better than uh, than early CG, but I think we're at a point now with CG where uh, if it's done where if it's done well, either one if it's done well, it looks better, and CG just allows for a lot more options. <laughs> so I think, and I also just I don't know, I just like kind of I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's uh, maybe it's the 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 the, the the same reason that you're annoyed with me wanting HMs. Like, I feel like <laughs> practical effects, the, the it, stuff doesn't look as good as you remember it looking. Yeah. I've, I've rewatched the movies that I met. And, t- and like Jurassic Park, the practical effects in that look great. I don't know. Like, Jurassic Park is mostly and then, CG, though. No, it uses CG and practical effects together. Uh-huh. Which is why it looks so good. Like, other movies that use pure CG when Jurassic Park came out... Don't look as good as right, Jurassic Park right. does because Jurassic Park uses because um, they're yeah because uh, the effects, effects are good. I mean yeah yeah, but I mean Jurassic Park does use and that's what and I'm and I'm not calling for Transformers to be entirely practical effects. That'd be ridiculous. And I just think that like you can combine the two to make it look better. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah, I mean then yeah. then you'd have get the best of both worlds, so to speak. Like Indi- Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. <laughs> I think I mentioned that the, the, the movie the the thing from like twenty. 11 or 2010 was done entirely with practical effects and then they just tossed them out the window for CG because the prints with the producers wanted and apparently it looked really good when it was practical effects and then the CG just looks really fake. Well, I mean, yeah, and like, yeah, this is a, I mean, bad CG is bad CG. I mean, uh, the, you know, if you look at, if you look at Rogue One 
that's mostly CG, and that looked really that movie looked really good. So it does. Okay. I mean, I mean, it's bad. I I like I like good effects. I mean, I think yeah. I mean, I think maybe if if there's a situation where um, where the practical effect makes more sense, or where or I mean, I guess if if it's if it's a situation where like the actor is not. I mean, you know, it's probably the actor will probably do a better job if they're not acting in front of a in a, in a giant green room the whole time with green bubbles on them or whatever. <laughs> but uh, but like, eh, I don't know. I just I think I think generally generally movies like at, at the at the at the pure base level of how movies look, I think that they look a lot a lot better now than they did twenty years ago, and it's and a lot of that is because of of CG. And I do think that I do think that to some extent practical effects hold up better because a car exploding still looks like a car exploding, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, also, I will say there was a lot of that in the first Transformers movies. They did a lot of the explosion stuff, like for real. A lot of the cars flipping around and stuff. Like the robot was CG, but the cars flipping around, the explosions, and all that shit was real, mm-hmm. and it did look really good. First yeah. Transformers. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, there you go. There's some questions for today. I also do like early CG. Just, just for the record, I, I really, uh, I mean, obviously we're more uh, watching early sports. CG, <laughs> yeah. but I like the look of Star Wars Episode One. Mm. I think I like I like the look of Star Wars Episode One better than uh, better than uh, the original trilogy, especially better than the original trilogy pre special edition. Ooh, that's a pretty bold statement. Yeah. Yep, I'm a bold guy. <laughs> Anywho. I have unpopular opinions, and I don't care who knows it. I just hit my <laughs> pop shield. I hope that doesn't make a pop sound. I didn't hear anything. Okay. <laughs> so, anybody have anything they wanted to plug this week? Uh, just the usuals, which, by the way, thanks, Em, for poking them last time for me. <laughs> no uh, but the, the sa- they see me rolling podcast which is a real play D D one which is pretty funny and uh jesse cooper's uh various podcasts that he does which is like alphabet flight which is him reading that that old uh marvel encyclopedia which i love because those things are absolutely hilarious sometimes just because of like how old and and weird and stuff that they do because i mean how do you explain archon like this basically this guy with a lightning helmet and and a loincloth as like a god of thunder, and yet he still is irrelevant to Marvel comics even now. But anyways, uh, also turn to page where they're reading those old school uh, choose your own adventure books, and uh, with Carrie Nelson, also, uh, random sampling where they basically just pick a topic and look up random Wikipedia articles about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and. Um... Besides my usual plugs, I wanted to plug... Which I, I meant to plug this last week. Um, the Moncast, while a rival to the Digital Moncast, our own uh, Digimon podcast on Audio Entropy, uh, while it's a rival, it's, um, it's probably pretty good. I haven't, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Stevie Patmore, uh, the creator of it, uh, has a Patreon. and So you should check out the podcast, and if you like it, give Stevie some, some cash, Aroonies. <laughs> and also, I want to plug, even for no reason other than the fact that I've been really enjoying it the last few weeks, uh, the VGM Jukebox, who is a friend of Audio Entropy, 
it's a really good podcast. Like, you should, <laughs> if you if you like video game music, check it out. Even if you don't like video game music, it's like super chill, and like Emily and Josh on there are just like really cool, chill people who have like interesting conversations, and it's just really relaxing and and just like swell. It's it's very swell is a is a word I'd use for it. <laughs> and um, yeah, like it's just it's just pure heartwarming goodness. And so check that out. And then you can check out my <laughs> you can check out my stuff on datachair at dot and at this is emeralds on Twitter and this is emerald on Instagram. Cool. Um, Kendall, so, how about you? Yeah, I got lots of things on the <laughs> burners. Um, <laughs> so uh, so Kendall cast the Kendall cast iTunes feed is back and in full force. Uh, the Katarn collection uh, has its first episode up. Uh, it's going to be monthly, so it's still just one episode. Uh, but if all goes according to plan, um, we will be I, the my my podcast, the Polist podcast, is going to get a reboot uh, where we talk about comics. It's also going to be a monthly. Um, I figure if I have a couple of monthly things on the feed, then stuff will get on there. But we're just going to talk about uh, the comics that we're reading and stuff like that. So. Uh, and probably, I guess, we're going to talk about Logan, assuming that uh, we all see it by then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that should be, that'll probably be up on the feed by the time this uh, episode gets posted. Um, oh. Also, at Kay Hallman on Twitter and Kay Hallman uh, on YouTube for my ukulele and other instrument videos. Uh, I'm going to be posting Like a Rolling Stone as soon as I finish editing it. I'm pretty happy with the way it turned out. Nice. So, could you say that your podcast plans are going exactly as you have foreseen? <laughs> I'm glad somebody got that reference. <laughs> Everything is going exactly as I have foreseen. Anyway, um, so literally tonight, a new Audio Entropy public group has been created by Molly. Uh, that... Right now, it's showing a big long number, but it's facebook.com slash group slash 27116507332680. In case anybody wants to look it up, um, I imagine it will probably be updated uh, in the coming days. But so there's a new Audio Entropy Facebook group. Uh, it's sort of going to be like a hub for all of the different podcasts. So we still got our Warren Beast podcast, of course, as well. That can be found on, on Facebook if you just search Warren Beast Podcast or if you go to facebook.com slash group slash Warren Beast Podcast. Um, of course, we still got the Twitter at Warren Beast. Uh, Gmail, if anybody wants to send us any emails, preferably not spam because we get enough of that as it is. In fact, that's pretty much the only thing that we get on the Gmail <laughs> right now. Um, but that's uh, Warren Beast Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and of course, my my personal Twitter is at Greg C M U N. Uh, Greg pretty much, Seaman. I yes, I'm, yeah. That was pointed out to me a long time ago. It was not my intention to make it sound like that when I was younger. But yeah, anyway, um, back when you were so, yeah. twelve, when you created that Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's based on an old email address that I had that was from when I was volunteering at a municipal office. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I didn't make the correlation until, like, probably last year. So, there you go. 
I, I had innocent thoughts. They were pure and as the fallen snow. And that anyway, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Um, so yeah, there you go. Another week, another episode down. And as always, if, uh, if you like what you hear, we're on iTunes and Google play. I think iTunes is the only one that you can really rate and review. So yeah, if you want to go on and rate and review, we always appreciate that. Or just send your comments in through any of the means that I've already explained or follow us. You know, we like random followers that providing, you know, don't just follow us to try and get us to click on their porn cam links. Well, I mean, Which we actually had a, we had a direct message on Twitter from a porn bot. Oh my god! Cool. <laughs> 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 yeah. So there you go. Another week for Warren Beast. I have been Greg. I've been Emily, and at least the robots of any kind are tweeting at us. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Jordan. I'm Kendall. Let's roll, folks. To be or not to be. <sighs> that is the question. Vulgan blurble. <laughs> Do you just reference the thing that we didn't talk about on the show? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>